Welcome to Messy Closet, the spiritual journey of Generation X. I'm Roseanne Carlo, and here we explore the 70s, 80s, and 90s, and the lessons my friends and I may or may not have learned. Okay, I am back for this week's episode, and I am focusing on the trials and tribulations that we have watched some of our favorite Gen X people go through. So there's so much to talk about, but first I of course want to thank all of you for tuning in and thanks again to Podbean for making this podcast possible. So I am talking today about the trials we have seen in the news, one being the Gwyneth Paltrow trial and the second one being the arraignment of Donald Trump. Now, before I talk about that, you guys, if you want to take a look back on the Madeline McCann podcast that I did, I at first had said secretly that I was hoping that it was going to be a happy ending for the McCanns, and I didn't want to comment on Julia, is it Faustina or Wendell? I don't even know now. Didn't want to comment on her mental state, but that Fia Johansson, who's gone live with someone I follow on TikTok. I can't remember her name now. But this Fia Johansson, when she got involved, things took a weird turn. So she gets onto Dr. Phil. Dr. Phil brings up that she's delusional. And they go on Dr. Phil before these DNA test results came out, which I think was a bad move. Because now we found out, and the Polish police had said this, and her family said this, And when you put a picture of Julia up against her mother, the woman who swears she's her birth mother, they look exactly the same. So the DNA test that she says she comes back, mostly Polish with like a couple of other little things thrown in there. And, you know, obviously I think the girl wanted attention. I'll say that emotionally, I think she's, you know, having a hard time. I do believe that something terrible happened to her for her to go this far in life and do that. But she's left her country. Apparently there were text messages between her and a reporter from like, not the, you know, most, uh, reliable news source, but still a reporter, a journalist, nonetheless, who asked her why she couldn't go home. And this Fia woman who, I'm not sure about, I don't know what her end game is, posted a portion of the conversation where it said she wanted to go home, she missed her boyfriend, but the remainder of the conversation that supposedly was uncovered was something about the fact that she couldn't go home because Fia wants the money paid back and she doesn't have any money, so she's supposedly not allowed to leave the house, and there's a report that... Fia has now power of attorney over Julia, which doesn't make sense considering um, Julia is not an American citizen. So I think it was a mistake for this girl to leave Poland and come to the U.S. I didn't understand what the U.S. could do for her besides get her onto a TV show. And a TV show like Dr. Phil isn't going to, it's not life changing. People have been hurt by that show. So... It just seemed very weird to me. Um, I don't believe that Julia is scamming purposely. I believe that emotionally and whatever's going on with her, she's just looking for answers. But I do believe that this woman, Fia, is not being as honest as possible with her. 
So that is my take on that first sort of legal case. And again, I didn't see what U.S. authorities could do at all, considering this happened in Portugal and the McCanns are British and she's from Poland. None of that made sense to me, but here we are. We get more and more people in our country looking for answers legally when some of us in this country can't even get our own answers. And speaking of legal, there was now a group of really, really staunch conservative Republicans who are looking into Prince Harry's visa because of his drug use. I'm very interested to see what would happen there because I read a report that said he did mention all of this on his visa, which means he was given special treatment or someone's lying. You know, all of these things with especially like the MAGA Republicans pushing, pushing, pushing for secured borders because of crime, but you let these white collar criminals in, you let people who have admitted doing drugs in, why is it because he's royalty, because of the color of his skin, because he called the royal family racist, like what's, what's the deal? So I feel like, you know, we've got so many problems in this country ourselves, but now all we have heard about in the news are two people from outside the country who are taking over. So let's get to people inside the country who are taking over. So first, I just want to talk quickly about the Gwyneth Paltrow trial. And I had said that I didn't think someone who weighed like 100 pounds could do damage to that Terry Sanderson. I think he made a fool out of himself on the stand with his crying about his girlfriend and she's happy with Bill. For the last seven years, the man has posted on his Facebook page all of his trips, but is saying that he didn't enjoy them because of Gwyneth Paltrow. He claimed that she was the cause of three near-death experiences for him. Uh, she won her dollar, you know, and she said she wished him well, and he still went on. If I had the GoPro, it would have proven this. I just think that he was trying to get wealth and fame from her because he knew who she was and found out that she had money. And just because someone has all of that money does not mean that it's sitting there waiting for someone else to come along and take it because they say that a rich and wealthy and famous person is responsible for something. So I didn't think that she could have caused those injuries. And I was a Pilates instructor. So I dealt with a lot of wrist, knee, shoulder, back, hip injuries. And, you know, it worked people basically after they went to their, what, what do you do? You do like um, physical therapy. So they would come to me afterwards because I was really good with patients who had been hurt before. And if they got into any sort of skiing accident or anything like that, normally it was a knee or a wrist that was broken or, you know, torn. For ribs to have been broken, you know, if he, if she had skied into him, he would have put his arms out forward and his wrists would have been broken, at least one or both. Same thing if he, you know, had been, the way that I think he broke his ribs is he turned his body as he slammed into her and bouncing off of her, his body weight hit the ground and broke his ribs. Like it had to be like a side injury. This is just from knowing anatomy, kinesiology, physiology, and working with it for you know, more than 12 years, I think it was almost 15 years that I worked in this, this industry. So I was very good with that. That's just my opinion there. So I do wish that man well, he kind of did the wrong thing. I think his lawyers, 
you know, pushed him to do something because they maybe wanted like the fame of going up against a celebrity. But even the nurses and doctors said he had a mild concussion. There was no traumatic brain injury. And the best thing for him, the best cure was the end of the trial. So thankfully that's over. Guys with frivolous lawsuits, it's just stop, just stop. I know it's very American, but ick. So now I want to get to Alvin Bragg and Donald Trump because this is nuts. So Donald Trump has been a New York City criminal for a very long time. And if you know anything about Trump Taj Mahal in Atlantic City, he didn't pay a lot of contractors and that place has closed. It was bankrupt, whatever. Now, I know a lot of people that love Donald Trump. I was speaking to someone today who laughed when I said, Cult 45, you guys are Cult 45. They said, oh my God, that's so cute. His supporters are not going to change. Um, if anything, this revved them up more because they think it's politically motivated. Now, I have two schools of thought on this. Number one, Alvin Bragg really does have a smoking gun. And out of those 34 felonies, if he is guilty of even just one or two, he does time. But this trial is not scheduled until January of 2024, which is going to make or break the election because it could turn more people against Trump or it could turn more people towards him. I mean, what they did was just make him more than $10 million richer in a week. And I will never understand how very, very poor people will send a man with a private jet money for legal fees when he could just sell off a piece of property somewhere and pay all of these lawyers, but he does not pay his bills. This is the truth. So one of the things is years ago, Oprah Winfrey in the 80s asked Donald Trump, would you ever run for president? Supposedly part of this whole transactional deal was that he was going to run in like 87 and the doorman at Trump Towers found out that he was having a child with the housekeeper who is a woman. So this woman was born in the late 80s. Now I want to see this woman really come out of the woodworks and just like round them all up and be like, I am the only Trump that matters because it's to the point where this has revved up his base and Alvin Bragg brought Marjorie Taylor Greene to New York City. I love that she got this classic New York greeting that she deserved. I was hoping that she would end up in Rikers, but sadly that prediction did not come true because she is someone who deserves to be there. But back to Trump, my feelings on this is if they weren't able to charge him and hold him, why are you letting him go? Now his lawyer is total mafia, right? He's on um, the Today Show. He's talking to Savannah Guthrie. And this is after all the Trumps, except for Ivanka, posted a photograph of the judge's daughter. And he asked Trump not to do anything, this judge, that would jeopardize anyone. And his lawyer's going, well, this is a fact. And it was uncovered by the mail that she worked for the Biden-Harris campaign, whatever it was, the Harris campaign, and people should know, and it's not illegal to do that. No, it is. You're doxing someone, and the paper should not have done that either. So this is just going to turn into a big political mess. And whether there are charges or not, I think that doing this now really weaponized the entire political system on the right and the left. And you can disagree with me, but this is all now going to turn into a true witch hunt of 
everyone going into everyone's lives and doxing families and nothing is going to be safe. And again, this brought these MAGA nutbags to New York City, something no one needed. No one needed um, him in the courthouse. No one needed LaGuardia Airport to be blocked up. It, it's just, it was ridiculous. And it just pissed him off. It revved his base up. And if he's not ever going to serve time for any of this, what was the point. Like we were hoping for something more and there wasn't more. And this is the problem that I have with the very far left progressives is that they kept saying, we're going to get Trump. We're going to get Trump, but really get him. Don't let him go home. Don't let him leave Trump Towers. You let him fly back to Mar-a-Lago to give a press conference where all he did was admonish and break down everything and everyone and the name calling and all of this stuff. And they knew that this was going to happen. And the people that are in his cult literally just go, ha, 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 he's so funny and everyone hates him, but we love him and we give him our money and we think that he's our savior and you just made him look like more of a martyr without handcuffing him and keeping him as, you know, basically a prisoner in his home until the trial. You let him go to be able to do whatever he wants. And his mafia-style lawyer, who's on the news, who's like, Ayo, 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 I'm sorry, that's the Italians that you people can keep. That's not my kind of Italian, just so you know. That's the kind of Italians I laugh at. Because they just, they're smart enough, but it's their nasty bravado that stops people from, like, you can't argue with that. You know, you could be smart, but if you make like one bad point, you have to jump down someone's throat and try to switch it around and, and flip it and spin it. And that's what this guy does. It's like lounge lizard, gross, disgusting, like the kind of slime bucket Italian sleaze greaseball you want to stay away from. And that's how I feel about that. Like this is the non-classy Italian and that's why he's out there on the news and Trump wants him out there to show that he's a literal mafia boss. So I find this entire thing, honestly, just too much of a circus to be even taken seriously because he got to get on his Trump plane that he got money for from his supporters to fix up and fly home to his famous place that he called the Southern White House when he pretended he was president, because that's what it was. He played pretend president, even though he was elected. And, you know, Bragg is trying to prove that if people had known about this daughter, people had known about these payoffs, that the election would have been different. But he already had the cult going. The cult is in. The cult will never, ever change their minds. There's nothing you can do. Nothing. They don't care. They will vote for Donald Trump's corpse over anyone else. They will stand those QAnon people and they will pray over his, you know, memorial and they will wait for him to come back to life to lead him because they're waiting for JFK Jr. to come back. And, you know, people say, oh, the Democrats used to say he would make a great leader. And remember, all you MAGA, like right wing Christian people, he was a Democrat until he decided to run for president because he knew that with his bravado, Democrats wouldn't vote for him. Only like high strung, you know, kind of ignorant, kind of racist people would really, really 
vote for him. If he ran on the Democratic ticket and he just acted like a normal person, I think he would have been a great president. And I think he still would have been president now. But he wanted to be a dictator. He wants to be a dictator. He'd rather have the cult. So the fact that he, you know, was brought in for this circus trial that let him leave and just angered him. And now his lawyers are fighting that he literally did nothing wrong. No one did anything wrong by uncovering a fact about the judge's daughter. But now they've put her in danger while claiming they haven't. This was the danger. And this this is what's on Alvin Bragg. This is what's on his back. And Cy Vance, Cyrus Vance Jr., he was first on this case back, you know, when Trump was in office. He was asked to back off this case by Bill Barr. Bill Barr bigger, bigger criminal than Trump, just way smarter, of the DOJ said back off. So Cy Vance did, he said, out of respect for the institution of the Department of Justice. So Alvin Bragg comes back in and he says that he uncovers new evidence. Now, I know we haven't seen everything. Um, I don't know. I don't know if Trump's lawyers are doing a good enough job of spinning it to make it look like nothing. Or if there's really something that will stick. I have my doubts about this one. I think that Georgia's a stronger case. I don't know about January 6th because there has to be direct ties to him. And if there were burner phones, there won't be. But I think that the obstruction of justice with the classified documents in Jack Smith is what he has to worry about more. And honestly, if I were Alvin Bragg, I really just wouldn't have pursued this because if it goes nowhere, it sets the precedent that all of the other charges in Georgia, January 6th, if there are any, and obstruction of justice could be politically motivated because, you know, he's fighting. This is right and left, right and left. There really is no right and left when it comes to the law and people do refuse to see that and understand that. But this is his argument. This is his fight. And, you know, it's going to work with a lot of people. I personally think that the law is the law. But if pursuing that is going to do more damage than good in the end, maybe it's not worth it. I mean, also part of being a judge, a prosecutor, anything is just having the discretion to choose what is right and wrong and the timing. And the timing when he's just campaigning, I don't think was the time. We know he did this as a shield to protect himself and to boost his popularity with his base, which it did. Sometimes the best thing to do is to ignore. Because now we have to hear all about this crap all of April. Then when he gets indicted in May, we have a new set of lawyers we have to listen to spew another bunch of crap. Then if anything happens with January 6th, we got a whole new slew of lawyers and that crap. And then if anything happens with these documents, I mean, honestly, unless there's like a no-knock warrant on Mar-a-Lago and he's taken into custody, you know, everyone's giving him so much fuel and fire to fuel his campaign that it's just going to be another like January 6th type election thing. And these are my predictions. So with that being said, I truly hope that 
if he is guilty of any of these 34 felonies, that we get to it quickly, that he is disqualified from running for president. And that should really have just come after January 6th and after stealing the documents, because the man actually believes that the Presidential Records Act means he has the right to take anything he wants, which is not the truth. And Hannity, Hannity, his little old buddy on Fox News, Sean Hannity said, no, no, I couldn't picture you doing that. Yeah, I did it. And I'd do it again. And I'm allowed. And listen, hey, and that's what his lawyer is. Hey, listen, hey. And that's where Giuliani came in in the 90s when he was mayor and he got rid of all of the Italians. He got he right? The Teflon Don, he got him. He got rid of all the pimps and the hoes in, in Times Square, but now it's just weirdos dressed up like characters, ca- cartoon characters, like taking pictures with your kids, which is just even creepier than the pimps and hoes. And, you know, he has this friendship with Donald Trump and they've had this alliance for years because I have said this before about Giuliani. He's the patsy man. He's the, he's the Dutru. He's the guy that the mafia wouldn't let in because they knew he was going to end up the drunk fool that he did blabbing his mouth. But Trump was like, I'll take him because Trump will screw over anybody and not care, which is, I believe, what he did to the country as well. So you can disagree with me, not disagree with me. What I do wish, though, is if there was a case against him, it was strong enough that the man is under arrest, ankle monitor, house arrest, jail cell, whatever. If you're going to let someone like that go, all you're doing is fueling their fire as they're campaigning and making him richer while the rest of us suffer and have to sit at home watching this while we don't know if we're going to be able to make it through the month on what we have. So you guys really, in, in the spiritual journey of Gen X, in the true spirit of equality. It's 1% against everyone else. And until you get out of that cult and out of that mindset that you need to help one very rich man get richer and more powerful, and you have to break that. You have to get that out of your mind and think, I need to do this for myself, not for someone else. Put that energy into yourself, not Donald Trump or any other stupid candidate that does not do anything for us. It's all smoke and mirrors. Okay. I was talking about this with someone back in the seventies, right? The, this whole country was purchased by the wealthy, the Koch brothers, maybe Soros, right? Maybe the Rothschilds, maybe the Vanderbilts, right? Maybe all of them, all of them, Chase, JP Morgan and Chase, you know, right? I mean, like this is what we're owned by banks and corporations. So when someone who claims to have been brought up in great wealth and power comes in and wants more wealth and power, but then cries that everyone's being unfair to him when he's had a much more privileged life than all of his supporters put together and everyone's out there you know, pushing for him and rooting for him, saying he's the average everyday ordinary guy. No, he's not. He has golden toilets. Average people don't have golden toilets. Average people have toilets that get clogged once a week. Seriously, like it just boggles my mind that they say he is anti-establishment when his name is on more buildings and airplanes and products than any other person's. It's, it doesn't make sense. He's not anti-establishment. He is the establishment and he wants to be the king 
of this country. And there's a lot of complicit people that think that they're going to rise with him, but they don't understand that he's going to discard every single one of them as soon as he gets what he wants. He only uses people. So in my opinion, I am hoping he is not the the Republican GOP, you know, main candidate for president. I really hope that they turn their backs on him. I think the country should turn their backs on him. And, you know, we just need to stop and realize that he's not good for the country. He's just not. And let his criminal things play out the way they are and just ignore him, find someone new. But since that is not reality and not going to happen, this is what we have to deal with. And these are my thoughts and feelings. So with that being said, everyone, thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of Messy Closet. I will see you guys next Wednesday with more. And the reason that I did bring this up is because Gwyneth Paltrow and Trump were big in the 80s and 90s. So there you are. Don't forget to keep art and keep love alive.